Welcome to Unhackable, a podcast with hosts Jen Wheaton and Sarah Mays. Candid and unbridled conversations about contemporary experiences like addiction, relationships, technology, and modern day spirituality, all explored through a heartfelt exchange of ideas and the alchemy of friendship. No topic is off limits, yet all are treated with care, compassion, curiosity, and courage. Hello, folks. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unhackable. Um, We are sitting in a beautiful ray of sunlight today. It's like spring is here. It's just a fabulous day. And thank you for tuning in. Yeah. And it's a new moon today. At 2.18 or something in the morning. So nice. We're on that side of it. We're moving into it. And I can feel it. Yeah. There's energy fresh new energy. How do you like, what do you do to celebrate the new moon? Let's just touch on that for a second. Hmm. I, I do a lot of contemplation. Mm-hmm. I allow for the darkness to be there. Mm. The, we could maybe cover some of how I've been doing that today in just a few moments, <laughs> but allow the void to be the teacher. Mm. That's, that's a big part of it. I actually, this could probably lend to our topic today because understanding that there is a continuum of the moon experience mm-hmm. that it it's not full moon all bright all glowy and then uh whatever mm-hmm. and the rest of it doesn't matter that acknowledgement of the new moon first there's a simple acknowledgement i tend to do meditations or preparations for manifestation mm. a planting of seeds even a going and looking at seeds of sorts and, and seeing what, and feeling what I would be willing to see through to its completion. And that's why I love the the moon phases is because on the new moon is, is the time to do that because there's not a whole lot of excitement around it. There's no sitting under the glow of the new moon. That's not a thing. It's in that void state. So There's the pull out the seeds, see what I'd like to plant. And then if it can be sustained until the full moon where some light is shining upon it, or it gets to the point where the light is shone upon it and it doesn't feel like it's sustainable, then there's a willingness, there's a permission to let it go and then allow space for something new to come in. And um, yeah, that new moon time is a really, really beautiful, uh, empty, sense of readiness, a feeling of the ground underneath my feet is a really important one. And one of my main personal mantras is, yes, at night in in that darkness, there is no glowing orb in the sky. However, it's a beautiful opportunity to be able to recognize an internal light. Yes. Because there's no external distraction. Mm -hmm. So you become the spark. If you can't see a light at the end of the tunnel, chances are you just might be the light. Mm-hmm. That's that's the time for mm-hmm. that mantra. It's a good day to record a podcast. I think it's a great day to report a podcast or record and a podcast. It's oh, it's always a good time, but particularly Jen and I are trying to either launch the the new episodes on full or new moons or record to stay in rhythm with 
you know, the, this, this, this cycle um, mm-hmm. and this flow. And we have a fun topic today that we wanted to delve into. Um, so I had the idea that I, I really love to explore the dichotomy of introversion and extroversion. I talk about it a lot in my readings. Mm-hmm. I find that it helps me to understand what makes people tick. And yet, like anything, just having a black or white, an introvert or extrovert look at people can be a bit narrow. And so just like the moon, right? right. Like that full moon. Yeah. Yeah. Extrovert. For sure. And I think it's just another um, exploration for unhackable because, you know, we're so, so much more expansive than just one of two extremes. Right. And yet, you know, I lean into that so that I can understand, you know, the people around me better. Uh, And yet there's so much more. So that's why I thought it'd be such a fun topic to explore on the podcast today. I think it's fabulous. I love that you brought this idea to the table. And, you know, the, the idea of, yes, there is a concept, an idea, and even a framework around being an introvert. And there is a concept and an idea and a framework around being an extrovert. They are part of a continuum and they're part of a larger framework. And it is not a quantum leap from one to the other. Mm. It is not a chasm that is required for us to overcome for deeper and better understanding of one another. It is an opportunity to either reach into a space for better understanding or to allow something to come to us for better understanding. Mm-hmm. And for myself personally, I mean, I would have to say that I would have identified myself as an extrovert because of the type of work that I do and my willingness to be in front of other people and essentially not really a whole lot of fear around that. And yet, one of the reasons that I'm able to be in front of other people is because I value my alone time. And even as a younger person, again, I, I never looked back at my childhood and thought, oh, I was, I was more of an introvert. But when I really look back from a broader perspective, um, now as a parent, even as a person who works with other people, I see now that I was actually quite introverted. I loved being in our little oasis of a space out in the boonies Mm -hmm. on the Miramichi river and others were always welcome and they were always invited yet it didn't affect me one way or another, whether they showed up or not. My being didn't rely on it. My sense of self didn't rely on it. And yet I loved hosting people in that space. So it was because I was willing to dive into that space on my own that it felt like a safe place and it felt like a stable place to invite other people into. Right. So there's the continuum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Super cool. So cool. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because as I've kind of delved into that for myself too, Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's different kinds of expressions of introversion and extroversion, right? So like, the way that I have in the past coped with hardship or when I'm going through something, Mm. I have been extroverted. 
Mm. because I reach out of myself for support. So I look to my circle. I look to my people to explore ideas, to come up with, you know, some problem solving. Um, Yet where I recharge uh, is alone. So that, that I am fueled by quality time with myself. That's not, Mm. that's not Netflix. That's not, you know, screen time. That's like, spending time in meditation, spending time in, in, in my yoga practice, reading, you know, and, and again, it, it depends on the caliber of the, the um, book or whatever I'm taking in. Right. So, so it's interesting because I'm, I think I show extroversion and introversion in different ways. Um, so I had this really cool idea. Go ahead. Oh, I just had something. a question for yes. you. Do you find that those qualities come out differently with different people or is it yeah. relatively consistent? I, I think there are people that I could share space with even when I'm in a less energized place. Mm-hmm. You know, if it just depends on how full my tank is. Yeah. And so there's certain people that I could spend time with and I will feel energized by, yeah. i.e. the extroverted way of being. Yeah. Um, but there are certain people that I, I know that if I'm running low, that definitely probably won't be some a place I want to pour myself into okay. because I run the risk of, of, of dropping down low. And that can change. That. What a <laughs> gift to have an awareness of that, though. I think so. Rather I, than putting pressure on on the other, mm-hmm. rather than putting pressure on a friendship or putting pressure on, on a relationship, mm-hmm. having that self-awareness to know that in this state, I feel like I... I'm, I'm good to be around this particular person. And it's got nothing to do with whether we like them or not, yeah. or whether they are the right person or the wrong person or not. Absolutely. As we notice, that changes all the time mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on what's going on. And with so many things happening and shifting and changing in the world, a, lo- a lot of relationships are being, I don't want to say challenged so much, but maybe confronted because there, there are facets of people's personalities that are coming out based on the the newness of the pressure yes that we're under and because most are under a new kind of pressure the status quo of reactions or responses to how a person is it's kind of gone yeah I agree. (laughs) I think every single relationship in my life, particularly my friendships, has undergone a major shift in some way Mm -hmm. where that person is maybe somebody entirely new as a result of the times Mm -hmm. or they're going through their own level of hardship and they require support in a new or different way. Yes. Or, you know, some of my friends that are healers and feelers are just, they're shining right now. Mm. They feel so... Um, in touch, in tune, and of service, and and this is the time for them to come out and 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 share their gifts with the world. So yeah, I I really like that you brought that up because I think that is is really uh, it, it's really going on right now. Like it's really pertinent absolutely to, to the times, and I, I'm noticing it. Yes, in. I'll bring up a couple of names, but I won't use last names. And if um, we want to give a specific shout out, um, so Jenny. Um, who I really didn't see much of a Facebook presence Mm -hmm. until the last year. Mm -hmm. And the way that she is showing up, one would classify as being extroverted, 
but it's because what she's showing up with, it has been called upon. Mm -hmm. And I would have easily looked at her as a, as an introverted type person because the type of healing work and, and whatnot that she does is, is very personal and can be very intimate. Mm -hmm. But because the, these times have called for more remote healing, for instance, or reaching across the miles through that reach, it seemed like showing up on Facebook along the way, yes. or even after the fact, didn't feel like it had the same kind of raw exposure to it. Yes. And it mm -hmm. comes across as if this person is extroverted when really they're not. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a fascinating thing. And even like for myself, I, I find I'm quite contained and I am quite stoic when I show up to teach. When I'm around Sarah, it's <laughs> no holds barred. Um, the things that come out. So today, can I share this? Please. So for whatever reason, and I, I, nobody would ever look at me and think, yeah, she's into heavy metal. Like that's, <laughs> that's totally what she's into. Nobody would ever think that. And I'm actually not. Yet I can appreciate what is being expressed through that. Mm -hmm. And even the, some of the musical mastery that's going on and, um, the level of focus that's required mm -hmm. and the sounds and tones that come out. And it, it was probably a new moon thing, mm -hmm. hanging in the dark. And I I've had this idea of having an appreciation for being able to give a voice, even if it's for two seconds or two minutes or whatever it may be, a voice to many of the facets of ourselves. And I was kind of touching in with pain or feeling excluded in some way or rage or all of those things. And what is the voice that that would have? So <laughs> it probably started almost immediately, but first I sent a clip of a heavy metal concert. Yeah. It, would that be considered metal or what would you even yeah, call that? Yeah. That Lamb of God is the, the bands. And I think that's like, yeah, deeply heavy metal, <laughs> heavy metal, <laughs> heavy metal. Yeah. And I'm going to go there. Yeah. So I'm watching this and I felt compelled to share this with Sarah. I send like farting unicorns to people. Like that's not, it's yeah. not the typical thing that I would share. Yeah. It's not on brand. So not on brand. <laughs> Which I, I love. Yeah. So yet it's there. My I felt good about sending this expression of a facet of myself mm. and the the appreciation for giving a voice to something that may not have that opportunity all that often. So it's like Even when, yeah, we were talking about Sarah and her partner earlier and, and I was saying to her <laughs> how, how she inspires him and she's his muse. And to get my point across, you are his muse. <laughs> and I think she got it. I yeah. think she got it. Yeah. But it was delivered in that way. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a. It was just sort of a fun way of bringing that out. And it felt good. I felt it vibrating in my yeah. diaphragm yes. and down in my gut. Yeah. My throat's a little sore now. How do people do that for three hours straight? Right? Wow. Yeah. It's a whole other level of containment, I Whoa. imagine, to, to be outputting in that way. Um, but like for me, heavy metal is like my roots. Like, you know, the, the people that I spent time with in high school, that was like, we had a deep relationship with uh, needing that expression for 
our pain, our suffering, our our stress, our anxiety, our, our, our misunderstandings and, and being sort of swept aside or being outcast. And that became our, our mantra, you know, yeah. was, was a lot of the, the heavy metal. So when I hear it, it's like, it's strange. It's like a coming home to an expression of myself that goes very deep. Mm. And sometimes it really needs an outlet. And like I was sharing with Jen earlier, you know, I am not an angry person. I don't, I don't really express anger all that often. Uh, and f- that is a place where I feel like some of that gets a siphoning off, mm-hmm. you know, it gets to be expressed or, or released in some way. And, um, and there's, yeah, there's, there's relief. There's a feeling of being <laughs> more at peace after, like, it's really quite something, you know, and I don't, I really, I really don't listen to it all that often anymore. I, I yeah. actually find hard rock has the same sort of guttural, you know, expression, you know, I can just crank it in the car and I can really feel feel uh, connected to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I thought it was a wonderful, uh, you know, our Yogi, uh, <laughs> Yogi here, uh, you know, mock, you know, being at a heart, yeah, heavy metal concert. It was like, wow. All the, the different shades of Jen. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. It was, it was fun. And it continues to be. And I, um, and on the, it was, we had this conversation, I think it was last week or maybe before that, where we were ta- talking about the possibility of, of doing a podcast on introversion and extroversion. And I had mentioned Yo-Yo Ma. And because I do listen to him playing the cello, the box suites really mm. sit with me. So that's playing all day long. And then there's some Lamb of God. That's <laughs> just today. And then, and then Yo-Yo is back again. And there was this beautiful expression of of that continuum of introversion and extroversion in his playing of the box suites during the 2015 proms and the BBC puts it on every year and he played all six suites back to back to back to back to back and one of the suites the fifth is it's it comes from a place of deep, deep loss. Mm-hmm. And the announcer who was speaking of Yo-Yo Ma playing this music, he, it was so interesting because I remember you had a little bit of a reaction to it when I said they, he, they refer to Yo-Yo as, as an extroverted performer. You know, like he's a cello player. But if you look <laughs> at him, yeah. like m- many would think of cello players as being quite introverted. Mm-hmm. Now in the broad spectrum of humanity, that may be where that person fits, but in the spectrum of cello players, he's head back, mouth will open. Mm-hmm. He's an extroverted cellist. Mm-hmm. And then when he plays the fifth suite, the head drops down. He It's chin down, feeling right into it, and it becomes an introverted experience. And he delivers it in that way, feels right into it. And I thought he was such a beautiful, exquisite example of how one can live most of their life in one realm and yet be able to tap into the other. And it's that capacity to do so and make the transition gracefully, just like that transition from full moon, 
waning to new moon, that that gradual, beautiful, soft, graceful, eloquent transition from one to the other. And to the point that it doesn't feel like a shock to the system. It doesn't feel like anything has been lost. It doesn't feel like the whole identity has been shattered. That's how this kind of ties into the unhackable piece. So there's been no loss of identity through that transition to be able to deliver so that somebody who's sitting in the audience can feel that he's willing to be there with them too, even in their pain. And he shows up that way with his music. And then he comes out with a six and it's like he just leapt off to Pluto or something. And it's <laughs> yet it's it also is not this big leap. It's he bounds from planet to planet to planet to planet. And it's almost like everybody was in that introverted space is going, well, if he was willing to be in the pain with me, I guess I'm coming along. <laughs> you know. And I would say that that's probably one of the main reasons why a musician like that, I get kind of emotional when I think about it. But they send him letters saying, like, when you play this music, it has helped me through some really, really hard times. And it's that willingness as an extroverted musician to dive very, very deep into those introverted expressions as well. Mm -hmm. The the invitation is open to everyone. Well, and what a blessing that he shares himself like that with the world because it, that's deeply healing, mm. deeply, deeply healing. Yeah. What a great, oh, I love that story. So <sighs> great. Um, so we wanted to do something sort of fun. Yes. And Jen referred to it as being sort of like, uh, Cosmo magazine uh, quiz like, but um, we're going to um, we're going to take this introvert extrovert uh, quiz uh, here. On uh, this is actually coming from ideas.ted.com. So Jen, do you usually get more joy out of a reading a great book or b watching a great movie? I joked about this earlier. I is mean, there an option C? Is there an option C? <laughs> or um, could you ask that in a different question? Or right. could you give me a definition, please? I feel like I'm at a spelling bee. <laughs> right now. Yeah. I'm going to speak for right now. Yeah. Reading a good book. Yeah. Right now. Viscerally, however, um, I will get more sensory joy. Mm-hmm out of watching a movie yes and then deal with the consequences of that after because my mind will pro problem solve that movie mm -hmm. probably two for two weeks afterwards right which makes me have to dive to a book mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I wish I could give soft you a place to land, soft place to land. So yes. I, I reap a different kind of joy mm -hmm. from each one. And right now from a good book. Lovely. What about you? It's because of the joy. The joy is really watching a great movie mm. for me, like a well-crafted, quirky, unexpected storyline. I love that. Yeah. So right now for me, it's watching a great movie. So I'm just going to go on to the next question. So in your free time on the weekend, <laughs> would you prefer A, sharing a deep conversation with a good friend or B, mingling at a party filled with people you've never met before? Oh, they're both so exciting. Mm -hmm. So this is in your free time and on the weekend. And then again, I'm asking for a deeper definition, right, of, of mingling. <laughs> yes. So mm. I know it's tricky. Again, great joy in the mingling. And I love that sensory experience of being around other people. And mm -hmm. yet, right now, mm -hmm. deep conversation with a good friend. And me as well. 
Okay, next question. You're there's only there's only ten questions. Oh, folks. lovely. Okay. Uh, I laughed. I snickered earlier because yes. you asked about free time. Yes, I know it's all free time, isn't it? Actually, if you think about it, yeah, seamlessly. I I kind of snickered, but that was more of a habitual snicker around that because I do find that I have I have created more time. Mm -hmm. Me too. Where in the past I didn't actually have. Mm -hmm. that kind of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a special thing, isn't it? Yeah, it feels like bonus time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like we get 25 hours a day. Did you know that? <laughs> like that's, that's something that we got time bending and like eight days a week for sure. Okay. Thank question number three. Thank you. You would hate, and that's not a word that we use very often, but you would hate working with someone who is a brash and overbearing or B timid and meek. Okay. I'm going to just go ahead and yeah, answer, answer this because I, I don't, I do not uh, appreciate a brash and overbearing person. Mm. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with that one. Yeah, I would. Oh, I see. I delight in both. Mm -hmm. I really do delight in both so, so much. Mm -hmm. And you can choose neither. If you want, I, we'll give you, you an know, option C. I, I just so <laughs> delight in people. I know you do. And when you ask me that question, I think of some of the athletes that I work with. Yeah. And oftentimes many of them in the same room at the same time. Yeah. And quite honestly, like when I have them doing hip rotations and there's the one that's me kind of meek and quiet and, and just following the instructions. And as a teacher who has been conditioned to have preferences for things, it's like, Oh, that person's like going right along. And then there's the one who's over in the corner and gyrating the whole time. <laughs> and I love how much energy is in that. And, yeah. and to be able to go, hey, I like what's going on over there. However, it's not accomplishing that the uh what we're seeking to accomplish right now. So let's take some of that energy and yeah, move it in a slightly different way. Totally. So honestly, I I there is no there's no answer. There's no an, there's no clear choice. Okay. That's yeah, fair. That's that fair. Just love the people. Yeah. As I they are. That. I love how you, you're changing this. <laughs> As we do. The alchemist. Right. You're more likely to recharge your batteries by A, going out with a group of friends, or B, getting some alone time. Alone time for certain. Mm -hmm. Myself included. When you meet someone for the first time, A, you usually do most of the listening, or B, you usually do most of the talking. I'm a talker. You love to talk. When I meet someone, though, I like to listen. I didn't even, I was ready to talk so quickly that I didn't even hear that part of the question. <laughs> That's how bad of a listener I am. I don't think you're a bad listener, but you know, it's, it's one of those things as I'm more comfortable with people, mm. that's when I feel like I want to open up and share and talk more. And, and, uh, but initially when I first meet people, there's a lot of, I ask a lot of questions and I do a lot of listening. Mm. Okay. So next one, you tend to find talking to new people, a awkward or b energizing. I wouldn't use either of those words. Okay. Um, Insert your own word. Okay. So energizing. <laughs> um, I really enjoy uh, talking with and, and meeting new people. Um, I, d I definitely don't find it awkward at no, all. No, awkward's kind of a funny. Yeah, and word energizing. No, it's it's actually more of a an expansion of curiosity. Mm. I, I feel like I feel there's growth. Hmm. So energizing and growth could probably be synonymous mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I like that answer. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that too. It feels like expansion. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you feel more yourself when you're a the center of attention or b in the background. Again, we need like an option C here. Wow, these are really extreme examples. Right. And that's the whole problem with the whole, you're either an extrovert or an introvert thing, right? Absolutely. Like yeah. it is a continuum. Like mm -hmm. I like the pulse of moving through both spaces. Mm -hmm. I tend to like beginning along the outside to get a feel for how everything is and check in with my own energy mm -hmm. at first and then engage from what is most harmonious from the most harmonious place mm -hmm. um and sometimes that does do, do you remember that party at at bob yes and people bought me a pair of stiletto shoes red stiletto shoes with That's leopard with leopard print yeah i wasn't even going to go to that party i know and the dancing began the dancing began yes. ripping around the room <laughs> whipping around the room it was wonderful how did that happen we were measuring tickets like raffle tickets with the length yeah. of our arm and then whatever woman had the longest leg in the room so we yes. had people's with legs oh, on there fun just fun but there's a comfort there with that group of people right because it's Absolutely. familiar and you can totally be in and express yourself so i think that's an, an interesting thing is that do we show up more extroverted when we're comfortable hmm well i i initially showed up in like heavy black sweater jeans yep and a pair of Doc Martin boots. Mm -hmm. Like I was not there to be the center of any kind of attention. And it was, I was doing my duty. It was a dutiful mm -hmm. presence for sure. And it turned totally. into something totally different. Mm -hmm. What do we do? So we're just gonna do one more question here. Um, in general, which of the two are you most likely to feel? Bored and understimulated? or overwhelmed and overstimulated. Again, we need an option C. I'm pretty neutral. Yeah, I'd say I, I more often feel in balance. <laughs> yeah. So I think the point here is, is that, you know, this, this word ambivert is something that I really relate to mm. because I show up as both. So say a little bit more about the ambivert and how, as opposed to it being like, is it, is it a solid identity or, or is it a little bit more permeable and mobile? Tell me a little I, bit more about that. I think it, that's the neat thing about it is that not in Mike's experience, not all ambiverts have the same qualities, kind of like an introvert does or an extrovert does there is a blend of both but not necessarily always in the same ways mm. and so there's a lot more fluidity right that. it's like a spectrum yeah so that feels a lot more approachable and so i don't need to always say to myself oh well, i don't like parties right Although sometimes I really don't want to go to a party and put myself out there in that way. And it depends on a lot of things. It depends on how full my tank is, depends on how much extroverted sort of um, teaching I've done that week. You know, there's a lot of factors. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I really crave that feeling of meeting new people and the excitement and the titillation of it. And it's also a growth thing. You know, sometimes we need to push ourselves out of our comfort zone. I'm, I'm well aware of that. And so as an ambivert, I feel 
like sometimes I do really lean into, you know, both, both sides, but, but yeah, there's more of a straddling of the middle, you know, and, and uh, allowing myself to just be whatever I'm, whatever, wherever I'm at at that moment. Do you feel like that too? Absolutely. But what I find most beautiful about the way that you navigate that is it's not a whiplash that you go through. Mm -mm, mm -mm. It's, it's not this wild shift from one to the other. Mm-hmm. It is a soft and gentle transition from one to the other. Well, for the most part. And then we have <laughs> moments yes. where there's an intensification of mm-hmm. what we really feel like we need on that day. Mm-hmm. So I want to cycle back to that question about the about the party. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the are you sitting on the outside kind of observing a little bit, or do you jump mm-hmm. in as a center of attention? Because you didn't answer that one. Well, that is interesting because it really actually brings up a lot for me in terms of my recovery. So the Part of me that liked to be the center of attention often got to have a voice or an expression for that when I would be drinking too much. Mm. So the pendulum for a while swung to the other end where I wanted to be more in the background. Okay. Whereas now I just allow myself to sort of be in the moment with it. Beautiful. So if I trust the people I'm with, if I feel comfortable, there's a lot of factors for mm-hmm. sure. Um, sometimes I can be really funny. Sometimes I can, you know, be really wild and free, but it, it definitely depends on the comfort level I have with the people in the room. Absolutely. And yeah. I like the way that you said that it's the comfort level that you have with the people in the room, yes. as opposed to it depends on the people in the room. Yeah, it's not about that. There's a significant difference between those things. And then there's a sense of claiming one's personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. And when I say responsibility, what I'm referring to is your ability to respond to whatever might be coming up and having the capacity to sit with that and not make it about any external factors. Right. It's an inside job. Mm Mm-hmm. It is pretty much every time. And it, it is interesting as I think about my relationship with really coming to terms with sometimes that I've been more introverted. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there's been some shame around that for me. Interesting. Because I have a, a many people around me that are more extroverted. Yes. And that I also present in the work that I do as an extrovert. Yes. So I think that can, that relationship can be a little shocking for people when Mm -hmm. they find that out about me is that I do need a a healthy amount of alone time to be able to shine in the world, to be able to do the work that I do. And, and yet that's how I function. And so that, that shame, I've had to really kind of look at that and, and, and unpack it a bit, you know, just like there are, lots of ways to be and exist and there's no wrong way. Absolutely. And yet, you know, it does require a lot more courage, you know, to do things like record a podcast, Mm -hmm. to do things like sometimes when I'm in a state of real contraction to go and sit in front of a group of 20 or 30 people and teach a class and hold space for them. It does require a depth of me um, that I actually am very proud that I can show up and be coming from that place of really being in more of an introverted state on that spectrum. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's real value in that. Yeah. And to have been willing to lean into the, the boundaries between them a little bit develops some resilience Mm -hmm. in response to whatever discomforts might come up. Yeah. And then you're able to ask yourself, am I okay here right now? Right. 
and be able to honestly answer yes, not a habitual yes mm -hmm. or a habitual no, or I'm going to soldier through. It is, I'm not okay right now. However, if I do these couple of little things that I've learned in my introspective time, mm -hmm. then I, I can do this. So we start creating a little bit more time and space around things. For sure. And, and then you can grow into that space rather than grow into the event. <laughs> yes. Which is yeah. really lovely. Yeah. And I think, you know, also having compassion for those people that are very different from me that are fully fueled by going from event to event to friend gathering to friend gathering yeah. and, and watching that and actually feeling tired by mm -hmm. that uh, output. Right. And yet those people are living their best life. Absolutely. And like, like applause to them. Yeah. They are, that is, that is the, they are fully expressed and really getting fired up and fueled up by that. So I think that's the, the reason I really love this topic is because it's like, like anything, there's no one size fits all. Yeah. And just to give ourselves all that permission to be in any sort of gradation of in at or in between introversion to extroversion. And, and that's why I love this ambivert because it just, it, it, it kind of contains all of us a little bit more. It's more friendly. It's very <laughs> inclusive. Yes. I, I love that. Yeah. And at any time that there is some inclusion, it opens up our personal space to how, like you said, how somebody else may be feeling. Mm -hmm. And that just because it may not be how we are feeling, it still gives some validation to their experience. And we're able to be with it, not be in judgment of it or mm -hmm. be in a sense of feeling lesser than in the presence of it. We're, we're simply with it. We're able to be. And I know for myself, like uh, there was a point where I heavily I identified with the extrovert in myself, yet taken out of balance, particularly as an adult, I became an overfunctioner, mm. and it would lean into being a workaholic because the vast majority of my extroversion is in the delivery of service realm as a coach, as a teacher. Um, and it also became a means to cover up some of the discomforts that were happening in my life. That's the, you know, getting to the, even as, as young as a, a young teenager in middle school, getting to the gym at, at seven o'clock in the morning when my, my dad drops me off and there's a janitor opening the door for me, like <laughs> getting there and doing that thing. And then the next thing and the next practice and the next thing. And it was typically always around other people. Mm -hmm. And as long as I was doing those things, nobody ever needed to know or had access to any of the difficult things that were happening in my life. Right. So now through extra work, um, the yoga practice, obviously, um, meditation, wonderful friends, deep understanding of one another, lifelong friendships as well. There's more comfort and ease and a willingness to settle into those more introverted spaces mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to feel okay there. Right. And to know that the world's not going to come crashing down just because I landed mm -hmm. and truly understanding the difference between crashing and landing. Yes. Yeah. From that heavily identified extrovert space 
it was literally take off, go, 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 fuel is low, go, 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 fuel is low, chug, 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 <laughs> crash. Right. Yes. Elevate, 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 give, 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 do, 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 work, work, work. And pulling it off. Yes. Or so I thought. Yeah. Until the physical body maybe crashes and yeah. you get sick or Absolutely. Know, whatever that happens to yeah. look like. Burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a, it's definitely a thing. I I wanted to share this story about uh, Brené Brown. I was watching her um, uh, on one of her various podcasts. She's, she's so great. And she was just um, sharing this story about her son and she had gotten back from a big tour and, and actually said to her son, like, I'm so sorry, I can't make it to your game tonight. You know, I just need time by myself to refuel. Mm. And of course that was difficult because she wanted to be there for her child. She had been away for a significant amount of time. She didn't want to let him down, but she showed up for herself and asked for what she needed being an introvert herself. Right. Mm. Anyway, it came down to being his birthday a couple weeks later and she had asked him for a list of the things that he wanted to do on his birthday. And one of the things on the list was alone time. And wow. she, and I think he was turning 10 or something like that. And she was, she, she queried him about it. Like, well, you know, why, why do you feel the need for alone time? Or what are you, are you trying to do this like mommy or like what, what, what's, what's, what's this all about? And he said, I actually would love to just have some time with myself. I didn't know I was allowed to ask for it. What a wonderful role model that she was for him in that moment. Eureka, I had tears streaming down my face. Wow. You know, because I think of all of the times when I was younger and I didn't know how to replenish myself because I didn't know to that that was something I could ask for. Yep. And that that was so needed and so vital. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the thing. I, I just wanted to do a, a podcast and just dive into this a little bit. And and thank you so much for, for sharing your experiences with us. And yeah, this was really very insightful. Oh, absolutely. It was delightful. Are there more questions? Oh, Did yes. you want to ask? Sure. Since we <laughs> sure. Since <laughs> found a way to make that happen. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's finish off with these last two questions. Yes. Okay. So. The people who know you best are more likely to describe you as someone who's A, quiet and reflective, or B, outgoing and talkative. Well, as a person that does know me like <laughs> best, how would you describe well, me? Well, I mean, I guess if I had to veer towards the outgoing and talkative, yes, but that's only when we're, we're sharing space, right? Because you are deeply reflective. Mm. So that, that also holds true. So again, we kind of have that option C going on, I think. And do you, what about you? Well, I would say more of the introspective reflective. Oh, really? Yeah, mm, definitely. Thank you. I like that. I, I definitely see you in that realm. Mm -hmm. And most of that comes from how thoughtful you are. Oh that when a question is asked, you, I see you let it sink in. And that to me, that is a clear indication of, of the capacity to reflect upon things and hmm. the willingness to pause before reacting. So definitely reflective. Thank you. Okay. Final question. Alrighty. Here it is. You're more, or you're more productive when you're A, in a cafe, or B, in a quiet room. Well, I've been both. Yeah, ditto. I've been both. Mm -hmm. And I have sought out the cafe at times 
in order to have an energy other than the one that I was in moving around me. Mm. I'm often inspired by external energies. And yet other times I just want to be in my own quiet space. Yes. There's, and I would have to say it's probably equal yet definitely more quiet time right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, I've gone to a cafe, you know, a coffee shop and popped my earbuds in mm -hmm. with my journal, uh, which sometimes I feel guilty about mm -hmm. because I'm kind of shutting out the world, but still wanting to share space with others. Absolutely. And yet probably the quiet room would do that very same thing mm. a little more effectively. <laughs> well, it's interesting. We, we listen, me. not just with our ears. We are, we have ways of being in communication with our environment other than using our voice to speak or using our ears to hear. Yes. There's an alchemy that goes on between us and the world around us simply by being in that world. Mm -hmm. And the pressure to either be the listener or be the speaker, I don't feel like it, it is a, a cut and dry thing. Mm -hmm. There is being the feeler and being the soft light in a room or sometimes we are a, a pillar of steadiness mm -hmm. through our presence, not like sometimes our presence is all that anybody else needs to be able to move and navigate around in order to shift into something that feels a little bit more positive for them. Yeah. And to me, that is the, just why it's so important for us to do, do some of the personal work so that when we do show up in a room, you know, to quote Rumi, to be the soul of that place, not the best soul, not the loudest soul, because soul doesn't actually have a verbal voice and not the quiet soul. There's when it's the soul of a place, it is to be exactly who and what we are to show up and let that be what it is in a space and be aware of others also being the soul of that place. And that is how we meet soul to soul. Yes. It's not a function of the mind and it's not regurgitating soulful memes in a space. It is showing up and being present. Mm -hmm. If you ever want to know how to, how to meet soul to soul, show up and be, don't do the soul of that place. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Thank you for listening in and being a witness to our conversation and our friendship. We hope it sparks in you the courage to bring to the surface your thoughts, ideas, and humanity where they can be lovingly unhacked and authentically shared. You can interact with us on the Facebook page Unhackable and with me, Jen Wheaton, at Jen Wheaton Yogi Coach, and me, Sarah Mays, at Tarot by Sarah on Facebook and Instagram. Have a beautifully creative day.